Are you looking for entertainment for a fundraiser, outreach, youth night, date night, or for a conference? Does your team need a way to improve team camaraderie, confidence, and communication? Well, look at Wellverse Comedy for a show, performance, or a workshop. Wellverse Comedy is Chicago's clean comedy team, and we're ready to serve you, your audience, or your organization. We've headlined our own shows at the Second City at Gutty's Comedy Club in Indianapolis and started our own TV show called His Line. And we've raised over $5,000 for charity in just the last two years. We are now booking for your back-to-school bash, fundraiser, and even your holiday parties. Contact us today, and let's see how a night of high-energy, clean, original, family-friendly comedy can make your next event memorable for all the right reasons. Connect with us on social media at WellversedCMDY. That's at WellversedCMDY. Or online at WellversedComedy.com. WellversedComedy.com. For booking information, email us improv at WellversedComedy.com. Welcome to the Gifts for Glory podcast, where we celebrate and promote men and women using their gifts for God's glory. Know someone who is making an impact for God's kingdom using their gifts, talents, and passions? We'd love to meet them. Send us an email at podcast at giftsforglory.com. That's podcast at gifts, the number four, glory.com. And now here is our host, Dave Ebert. Hello, welcome to uh, the latest edition of Gifts for Glory. Thanks so much for tuning in, whether you're live on Facebook, YouTube, or uh, social media, or you're watching it on the Creative Motion Network, Rumble.com, uh, or uh, you're uh, tuning in on any pl- uh, podcast platform. We're uh, just uh, so grateful that you're with us. Uh, we are uh, really excited about uh, what's happening in 2022 with the podcast and really looking forward to what's going to happen in 2023. I've uh, got some great guests lined up already for January, so uh, just stay tuned for those announcements. And if you're looking for uh, an event, if you're planning an event in 2023 and you're looking for entertainment, uh, let me suggest Wellverse Comedy. We do great uh interactive, high-energy improv comedy. Every show is one of a kind because it's all made up on the spot based on our feelings, based on what we ate that day, and, of course, based on you, this audience. So we'd love to come out to your event, uh, whether it's a fundraiser, a a date night, uh, maybe it's a a volunteer appreciation, whatever it may be, uh, give us a uh, drop us a line. We'd love to come out to you. Uh, The email address is improv at wellversedcomedy.com improv at wellversedcomedy.com and uh, let's start talking about how to plan your next event uh in uh, 2023 and beyond we've already got uh uh 12 shows on the on the calendar for next year and we'd love to get even more so improv at wellversedcomedy.com to uh uh to uh, uh get the conversation started about how to uh, uh plan your next event so uh with that said let's dive into our uh, uh devotion with dave segment uh, for this week's uh, Devotion with Dave, or uh, for this episode's Devotion with Dave, I'm going to do something a little different. No commentary. I'm just going to share straight from the Word and let the Word speak for itself. I'm reading from Romans 14, uh, and I think that this is very important, especially in the American culture where uh, we are so quick to criticize and question and to think that our idea or our knowledge, our experience is better. Uh, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, but Paul has a great admonition here in Romans 14. Accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, 
But another believer is a sensitive conscience, will only eat vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor him. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it is to honor the Lord. And if we die, it is to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord of both the, uh, to be Lord both of the living and of the dead. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For the scriptures say, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me, and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God, so let's stop condemning each other. Instead, uh, decide instead to live in such a way that you would not cause another believer to stumble and fall. I know and am convinced on the authority of Lord Jesus that no food in of itself is wrong to eat. But if someone believes it is wrong, then for that person it is wrong. And if another believer is distressed by what you eat, uh, you are not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died. Then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve, if you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God, and others will approve of you too. So then, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. Remember, all foods, remember, all foods are acceptable, but it is wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble. It is better not to eat meat or or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another believer to stumble. You may believe there's nothing wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. But if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it, for you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. Romans 14, powerful stuff. And I just want to leave the word as it stands. Romans 14, check it out. And uh, I hope that it encourages you, hope it challenges you. And I hope uh, that you will spend time in the word and uh, really uh, uh, let it uh, be a part of your life each and every day. So that is our Devotions with Dave segment. Now we're going to move on to our guest at this time. Our guest uh, is Brian Anderson. He's a director. Uh, He's got a great movie that is available on many streaming platforms. We're going to dive into it in just a moment. But first, let's check out this trailer, and we'll be back in just a moment with our guest, Brian Anderson. I know that some things are done on purpose, and some things are done on accident. You really think people change? Change is impossible. It stays in the blood. It's like everyone knows the worst thing about you 
before you even open your mouth. Come on, man, I'm just trying to help you. Why are you running? You're gonna tell me the truth. Or you be on your way. Everyone in this town talks. The nice thing about living in a small town is that everyone has secrets. Everyone is hiding some things. Yeah, and what are you hiding? From you? Nothing. It's quiet, and then some nights it's too quiet. Don't you ask me how I'm doing! You don't get to ask me how I'm doing! Let me tell you something. You're a Freeman. And you should be proud of that name. Chris, is that you? Do you know what you are putting me through? The cops are showing up. Amy, I gotta tell you something. I heard what you did, Chris. Just please tell me it's not true. You wouldn't hurt anyone. All right, we are back, and uh, I'm now joined by Brian Anderson, the director of the film, uh, the trailer you just saw. Uh, uh, Brian, welcome to Gifts of Glory. How are you tonight? Hey, thanks so much for uh, having me, Dave. Uh, I'm, I'm having a great night, actually. This is it's a lot of fun to be on your show and, and be chatting with you tonight. Absolutely. Now, that's a powerful film, uh, a trailer. Uh, for those that, that saw the trailer and may have questions about Tell us a little bit more about the film, uh, where it came from, and uh, and maybe a little bit about what the message is of, of the film. Yeah, sure. So we, um, I say we, um, I sort of backtrack a little bit to 2016. I met uh, my writing partner at a at a Christian networking slash writing course here in Hollywood, California, where um, which is where I, I live, and um, we we. We started. We hit it off, and we started t- uh, talking about a couple of ideas that we had. Um, and actually, believe it or not, in in church uh, one Sunday, my pastor was talking about a true story of a woman who was crushed in the face by a turkey thrown out of a moving vehicle by a bunch of hoodlum teenagers who were just out to have a good time. Uh, and and that sort of sunk hold. And and what what was fascinating about that story is the woman who spent hours and hours and hours and, and potentially days in surgery and multiple surgeries on her deathbed with a, you know, completely crushed face. Mm. Um, she ended up recovering um, only to help only to see this, this teenage boy who was on trial for, for attempted manslaughter or, or manslaughter um, to plead for his, in, or to plead to the judge for a lighter sentence. Mm. Um, and it was, it was a powerful moment of, 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 forgiveness in this age where most people would say i want justice i want you to 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 be thrown in jail and so something stuck with me in that story how just this random accident could potentially change somebody's life forever not only just not only the person who who gets hit and and suffers the the accident but the the person who makes the the poor mistake and so we started twisting and turning that idea and into our brains and and exploring what what does forgiveness look like? What are the the multi facets, multiple facets of what forgiveness is? You know, as a as a believer, we we understand what forgiveness is, uh, fully and truly. 
And how can we sort of translate that to the big screen? And so we wanted to take that incident, but fictionalize the story and take the, uh, explore those different facets and put it into a, a story that's completely of our own making. Um, so that's how we, we started um, with the idea of the story. It's about a teenage boy who, who accidentally, um, who, who tragically does something that, that he feels he needs to run away from. Mm. And in, in running away, we, we follow not only him, but the, the person who was affected by his tragic mistake. And we sort of go run along those two parallel stories to see how they intertwine and how they end up uh, overlapping. Yeah. And I think one of the valuable things is that while there is evil in the world, sometimes there are just dumb mistakes. And I, I'm guessing that our main character, the teenager, isn't an evil kid, just does something dumb. Is, is that uh, an accurate assessment? Yeah, that's right. He's he's he does something dumb, and instead of trying to fess up to it, he he tries to cover it up, and in so in in covering it up, the the added shame and guilt only compounds and grows, and so that that that's a lot like every single one of us, you know, in in mistakes that we make or in, in things that we try to, we'll try to correct or hide, and 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 it only makes things worse, and so that's really the theme of, of what we explore from him. But there's, there's multiple more, there's multiple themes that we do explore in this movie. Um, all tying in the, those themes of shame and guilt and forgiveness and freedom. Um, and we do it in a way that's wrapped into a sort of a, a fun mystery. You know, it's, it's a, it's a film that, you know, it, it sort of explores darker things, but, but it is fun to, to sort of see this, this onion of a movie, peel back and and you sort of trying to find out what's happening next mm -hmm. so there's there's a lot of fun things to this film it's not all just sort of dark and gloomy it's it's a fun film and that was sort of how we wanted to craft this film was you know let's take something that's that's heavy but let's let's make it a, a fun time let's 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 make it an enjoyable uh film to watch yeah and i think that it's important to have levity no matter how heavy the subject or the story to have levity because you don't want to completely depress your audience or you don't want to, you know, get them so callous to the emotion of the film that they can't really understand what the point is. So I think yeah. that's great to have that balance there. Yeah. 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 We, we, you know, one of the, one of the film genres that I love are, are sort of film noirs and, and the sort of, you know, they're exploring these dark, cd type things but they're always trying to like figure out and and you're sort of along for the ride uh, and that's that's really what what got me excited about telling this story so um so you're the director and you're also one of the writers correct i'm uh so i i was not the writer i was uh i have a story credit so me and my writer actually beat this this thing out together uh that's mm -hmm. a, a little inside baseball we're beating the story out and ma making all the the plot points hit uh, but my my writing partner is Makutsi Rikundo, an incredible writer, uh, just really talented, uh, also a believer. And he's just um, he's got a, a endless well of creativity in that brain of his. So uh, we had fun crafting this thing together. But we also both produced this film. So we produced it. I directed it and he wrote it. Now, with this, uh, you guys are both believers and some 
people will look at the website or, or look this film up and realize <clears> it's rated R. What would you say to the Christian that's going to, you know, they hear about a film by two Christian guys they see rated R. Uh, what what would your warning or, or your encouragement be for them? Well, I think the it's it's kind of funny because the rating system, the MPAA, they have a they have certain parameters that if you check those boxes, they're gonna you're gonna fall into one category or the next. So a lot of big budget studios will spend lots and lots of money trying to fit it into one just to as to not uh, I guess contain their audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but to us, there was a there, there was almost value in not censoring uh, ourselves to a degree. You know, there's no nudity. Uh, it's not gratuitous violence. Uh, there's, there's elements of this film that are not going to, you know, I think a teenager would under the age of 17 would be able to watch and handle, but, but ultimately this film with some of the language and and some of the, and some of the intensity of these, these plot points fall into that category that would sort of uh, exclude anybody under the age of 13, 14, 15, really whatever your maturity level is, whatever you're able to handle. But you know, I think you're going to be you're going to come away from this film feeling a, a lot more. Well, you're going to come away from this film feeling exhausted and curious and, and your your senses perked up. And maybe sometimes a 13 or 12 year old wouldn't be able to to process it like a, a 16 or 17 year old would. So, you know, that's that's a long answer of saying, you know, this film's rated R, but this film is not a a raunchy film it is a it is a philosophical film and an entertaining film and one that will get you asking questions and going back to and think about multiple times after you finish watching the film the next day Uh, and that was our goal you know it's something that sort of sits with you longer than just the the watching of the film sure and we were talking before we went on the air that uh, I think that it would be beneficial to the faith-based production industry to have sub categories uh, because you've got your Kendrick brothers films, which, you know, they're very uplifting uh, in many ways. They kind of are geared towards a Christian audience. Uh, and then yours wouldn't fit in that category, but because you and the writer, uh, your co-writer uh, are, are Christians and there is a, a faith foundation to, to your work it would it would confuse a lot of people just to say it's faith based but i think in that industry having sub uh, categories would really help people to understand like oh this is by christians but it's not evangelical or it's not uh, for edification this is for uh, mature people to really be challenged and uh, um maybe uh, if you want to uh, uh, kind of speak to that about yeah. uh, the difference in faith based films yeah and i think you know, a lot of times faith-based films get a, a bad rap. Um, and, and, you know, and sometimes it's well-deserved, but, but at the same time, they're trying to make something for God. Like I'm trying to make something for God's glory. And um, it just looks a little bit different than the, the, I guess the craft and the approach is just a different approach. Um, as far as categories, I, you know, that, that's an interesting proposition because I do think there needs to be some sort of disclaimer. Like you said, there's, there's no way to sort of categorize, categorize my, my, my film with fireproof. They're not, they're not compatible because they're different films mm-hmm. um, in, in scope and in, in, in execution. And um, you know, I, I think a, a non-Christian would come away watching this film 
being challenged, being questioned, but they wouldn't come away with a call, an altar call of some sort. You know, there's no, there's no altar call in this film. There's no, there's really, it's almost like the book of Ruth, right? There's no, no even mention of God. There's not, it's not that it's a godless film, but the philosophical premise of this, because it is made by a Christian is inherently Christian. Um, we always called it an allegory. The whole thing is an allegory for the Christian walk in the first place. Mm. You know, what, what we end up doing and what we, how we end up running away from God um, and how we are endlessly pursued by God uh, to return. Even if it's, even if it means the, the death of yourself, you know, actually yeah. ultimately the death of yourself is, is what, what needs to be, ha- what needs to happen in order for you to return to true freedom. Um, and so that was, that was our, 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 our premise of how we approached this film and in, in sort of the subcategory, you know, to your point about the subcategories, you, it, it gets so nuanced, you know, because you couldn't necessarily say, hey, this is a Christian film. But then you see it and you read it and you're like, oh, oh, this is a Christian film. And you come away from it and you think, wait, that was was that a Christian film? And then mm-hmm. you start to think about what it, what was being said. And you're like, oh, that that most of, most definitely is a Christian film. Yeah. So, yeah, it's there's it's there's a lot of nuances to, you know, the beauty of a, of, of an artist. Right that can take real life what world and, and craft something that that is inseparable from Christianity, inseparable from their faith, because that's who he is. That's who I am. And I and I can't separate that from from art because that is the only way to tell art. So, yeah. And I think it it also is a good parallel to uh, what we tend to do as Christians is try to put God and put Jesus into a box that makes us comfortable. And I think that films like this can help not only challenge our view of, of faith-based films, of faith-based or Christian productions, but maybe tap into that idea of maybe I'm putting Jesus in a box and I need to realize that he is both the lion and the lamb. He is mm-hmm. both uh, the, the savior, but he's also Lord and, and kind of expand those boundaries instead of trying to compa- compartmentalize everything. I think that the, you know, looking at faith productions or Christian produced productions can help kind of break down some of those walls. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So uh, at this point, uh, I do want to encourage everyone to visit the website and uh, uh, watch the trailer again. If you missed it earlier in the show, or if you're listening to the podcast, uh, go check out the trailer at east of east of You also follow uh, the, the page on Facebook at east of middle west um and i'm sure it's covered uh within the context of the film but uh can you give us a just kind of a uh insight of what the title means yeah so the multi-pronged but this is a midwestern film we shot it in iowa um my writing partner grew up in iowa and we wanted to sort of capture that that small town feel because the small townness of this film is its own character and and Middle West sort of represents this idyllic um, setting, this ideal space. Uh, and one of the films that we'd watched constantly, another allegorical film, was East of Eden, mm-hmm. uh, star- starring James Dean, and how he was he was separated from that 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 goodness of what it meant. And so East of Middle West was him, uh, our, our character, not only just heading away from what is right but heading away from what is um, um, what is good and true and um, the only thing that will save him from 
from this thing that he's he's running from. So it's a it, it is a coming of age film. Uh, a run, it's a it's a teenage boy on the run, and East of Middle West represents the movement of where he's headed and what he's headed away from. Hmm. Very very good. So that's uh, at uh, East of Middle West on uh, Facebook, also on Instagram. And on the website, eastofmiddlewest.com. So, uh, Brian, my favorite part of every show is hearing each guest's story of how they found faith and how it uh, you know, became their own. Uh, so tell us, did you grow up in a Christian home? What were your influences as a kid that led you there? Uh, share your story. What, what's your testimony? Yeah, you know, I my, for the longest time, I've, I've sort of viewed my testimony as as sort of bland only in that I, I didn't like wake up on a beach after like a, a night of drug infested, like partying and realize mm-hmm. that I, there was more to life. My, my I, I grew up in a Christian home and I, I, I sort of always felt God's presence in my life. Uh, but there was a distinct moment in my life where I, I was newly married. I, you know, I, I, I there was never a point where I was like, God is not, for me, God is not uh, pursuing me, but it, there were moments that I had to question whether or not that it was something that I believed or whether it was something that my parents just passed down hmm. to me. And so it was the moment that was, was of, of that creeping doubt that, that sort of all encompassed me. And I started searching for answers and I, and I found a lot of, I found a lot of, solace and and uh, and answers in uh, c.s lewis's mere christianity Hmm. Um, it was sort of that thing that connected the the mind to the heart that that helped me inherit this faith as not just something that was given to me by my parents but but was that was one of my own um and i and i sort of you know I, i can't say that it's always a linear path of upward trajectory there's always moments of, of ups and downs. And, um, but I, I come back to John six sixty eight when, when Jesus asks Peter where, if, if he's going to, if he's going to abandon them as well. And Peter just says, well, where are we to go? Uh, you, you have the words of eternal life. And it's like, yes, <sighs> you know, everything the world has to offer. I have nothing. I will offer me nothing, but, but the words of eternal life that, that Jesus offers, uh, are, are for me. And uh, so, so my, my testimony is one of relentless pursuit by the savior, mm-hmm. uh, relentless pursuit of him following after me, even when I make mistakes and when I do wrong and when I am wandering and my brain just continues to, to run away, he pursues me and continues to pursue me the, to this day. Where in um, in your journey did uh, filmmaking uh, become a real thing? Was it a childhood dream, or when did that uh, come into your uh, into your life? Well, I've always been an artist, and I knew that from a very young age. I was uh, always immersing myself in in all different uh, forms of creativity, um, painting and drawing and and music. And I think it was in in high school that I wanted to become a rock star, uh, and so I went to Middle Tennessee State. Uh, to study music production. And I, I learned within the first semester that that was not what I wanted to do. But I kept thinking back to myself, what was it about music that I, I loved? What was it that made me want to do this as a career? And, and I look back on my years of crafting and I, w- I would 
I would remember and 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 I would I would think about the times that I would make these songs and share them with people and the the reaction of these people's uh, the emotional reaction to the songs that I created was such a out of body experience for me that I was like that's what I want to do that's mm-hmm. what I want to do and so it was an easy transition to say hey you know I I I take photos I make videos as well it's the art of creating something that affects somebody emotionally that I love so much. And I, I started, I moved from music to, to film uh, and started working on my craft uh, at a pretty young age in college and um, was able to do it through my uh, work out of college. And then uh, I, I made the jump into it full time and said, I want to make feature films and, and move to California with my, my wife and family. Very nice. So uh, with your musical background, were you any, uh, did you have any influence or were you a part of creating the score for East of Middle West? I was not. And I, I, I dreamed of it and I thought this could be something, but you know, there, there's, there's better people than me that can do a better job. And I, I trusted their experience and their, their expertise. We had a fabulous score uh, made by people who are, uh, two guys that are just incredibly talented. So I, I didn't have it, but I think the, the musical, you know, my job as a, as a director is first and foremost, a tastemaker. I have mm-hmm. to be the, the one who says, Hey, that is, that is good or that is not good. And so it's always working with any person and any, any individual who has a lot to offer and just say, Hey, that's great. Let's go with it. Or no, that's not great. So I didn't have anything to do with, with the actual creation of the music other than to just give, uh, sound advice and try to to give my best uh, two cent uh, my my best uh, in, in, in my my best uh, insight on what is what is right. So yeah, okay, very good. Now we yeah. talked before we went on the air. Uh, you have a couple of projects coming up. Uh, um, uh, you and I actually got connected uh, talking first uh, with uh, Jason Farley. Uh, for, uh, he's a C C O at uh, lore.tv, which I'm uh, really excited about that really getting up and running. Uh, what can you tell us? Uh, I mean, I know that things are still kind of taking shape, but can you tell us a little bit about uh, working with Lore and with Jason? Yeah, uh, I, you know, I, I learned about Jason uh, through a lot of their advertising and a lot of their, uh, you know, I had a, a family member say, hey, you got to check out Lore. And so I, I, I started hearing a little bit more about them. And I reached out to them because I, I, I love what they're doing. And I love their you know, we have such a, our, our, our philosophies are so aligned with what we're trying mm-hmm. to do that I just thought it was a no brainer that I, I reach out to, to, to Jason and, and see if, if there was anything there. And so, you know, I'm excited to see how that relationship continues to build and how they're able to, to take these, these incredible artists and make the best content that is not contrary to anybody's philosophical beliefs, but also, right it's just downright great storytelling. Uh, and so we're sort of in the works, um, you know, with this project of, of saying, getting, getting this out to their audience and saying, this is, this is something that we want you to watch. Um, this is something J- Jason saw the film, Jason loved the film and the film was, was basically wrapping up its festival run. And we had a very good festival run and, and he's like, we want this to be championed on, on lore. And I, w- I want to see this, um, as part of our, our catalog. And I, and I was on board and I said, yes, let's do it. So uh, that was, you know, as they continue to grow and as their platform continues to gain uh, uh, steam that 
we're going to see some cool things coming from them. And, and I think East and Middle West will find a home uh, right there on their site. So perfect. And uh, they recently had a uh, release called The Procedure uh, from uh, uh, Lauren Clausen. And she's the one that many of the, uh, the might have seen the, uh, the Magical Birth Canal uh, video that went viral. Uh, this video with uh, Kevin Sorbo narrating, uh, it's, I think it's, you know, even though it's not a lore project, but it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of a partnership there. Uh, that will give you a taste of what lore is going to be about, about the truth and storytelling, about reality. And I love their uh, catchphrase, Christian movies shouldn't suck. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, check out lore.tv uh, and uh, look for uh, East of Middle West. Uh, maybe it'll be on there eventually soon, hopefully, uh, with all the possible adverbs. Um, so uh, now that is one project. What's, uh, you just signed a, a license, you said, uh, before we went on. Uh, and I know that uh, you know things can always change, but uh, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the, the new project? And uh, maybe um, do you have a, a website where people can kind of follow the progress? Well, well said. So this is yeah. I I am I have a few projects in the works. Uh, one, a couple that I'm excited about, but one in particular that uh, I'm seeing some real headway on that I'm I'm really excited about. And what gets me excited uh, about this project is that it is it is is somewhat of the opposite of what East of Middle West is. Mm-hmm. The East of Middle West deals with a lot of heavy topics, but this next project is is all about adventure and 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 stick to itness and trying to make it to a destination, uh, and it's a true story. Uh, it's a story about three three guys back in the 1970s who decided to drop out of college or to drop out of their jobs and become mountain men by traveling mm-hmm. across the Western United States on their way to Canada with nothing, with no knowledge, just mountain men gear that they've made, <laughs> muskets from the 1800s, and a desire to for adventure. Uh, and so the hilarity sort of ensues as, as these guys make their way across the desert and the mountains and, and, uh, what happens to them along the way. So that's, that's one of the projects I'm excited about. It's very preliminary. We are, we're, um, we got, we are working on the script right now and, uh, we don't have a website unfortunately yet, but, uh, I'm sure as things develop, we'll, we'll get it out there for people to see. Yep. And uh, for those uh, uh, that are uh, listening on the podcast or watching on Facebook, uh, check out the show notes and you find uh, uh, Brian's uh, IMDB page or you can follow that and uh, look for the updates once this uh, project gets uh, gets rolling. So uh, really excited. Uh, I am definitely uh, going to check out East and Middle West. It, uh, I enjoy when Christians are able to be realistic and have grit and not be afraid to go there. That's one of the things I love about the show Vindication is that they're not afraid to go there and do in a, do so in a way that that honors God. So I'm really uh, excited to check out the film. Uh, it's eastofmiddlewest.com for the trailer and more information. Uh, so, uh, Brian, uh, as I warned you before we uh, we went on, uh, I ended with, uh, with two segments. The first one is called the interrogation, seven random questions that yeah. otherwise wouldn't have fit in our conversation. And then the final will be uh, your wise counsel. So uh, I'll let you marinate on your wise counsel for now. Uh, and here is the uh, interrogation. Question number one, what makes you laugh? 
Oh, my kids. <laughs> my kids make me laugh and cry at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, every every single day is a new adventure with them, but but the things that say they say constantly make me laugh. That that and that and dumb and dumber. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Question number two, what's your favorite comfort food? Ooh, uh, uh, pulled pork barbecue sandwiches from Gus's barbecue in South Pasadena. <laughs> Sounds delicious. It Question is. number three. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, with whom do you almost identify in scripture? Ooh, I, mean, I, I said, I, you know, quoted Peter. So I'm going to go with Peter. <laughs> the, the, the zealous one that uh, tends to stick his foot in his mouth. That's right. That's yeah. me. Question number four, what's a talent uh, that you have that few people have seen? Ooh, I can make my eyes go in opposite directions, wow. which I, I find pretty interesting. Yeah. And, and that's how you got married. You... That's right. <laughs> I also play guitar. <laughs> While bugging actually, your eyes out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, people have seen me play the guitar, so maybe that's not the appropriate answer. Either one works. <laughs> Question number five, uh, what would keep you up at night? Oh, making movies. Making movies keeps me up at night. It is a it is a hard, 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 hard road, but I've chosen it, so I'm living with those consequences. <laughs> <laughs> and question number six, if you could go back and relive a moment, whether you want to do it over because it was a bad moment or just re you know, relive something exciting, what is that moment? Hmm. Hmm. Well, my my mind instantly goes to the moments that I I, I could have handled better, uh, but but also my my mind goes to the moments that I I I just cherish and that, you know I, I talked about my kids the moments their birthdays were just really incredible, um, obviously my wedding day and and moments like that so those are sort of generic but yeah those are my answers. <laughs> All right, fair enough. And final question, the interrogation, uh, what's something that would mark your life's work a success? If, if what I do points to Christ, then that's a success. If, if the work that I do, uh, is for my own glory, then it was a failure. But if, if what I do points to what, what Christ has done in my life, then it's a success. Perfect. Love it. And the, uh, the final, final question I ask every interview is for anyone that wants to step up, use their gifts for God's glory, whether it's their talents, their passions, or even their experiences, uh, what is your wise counsel for them? That's such a great question. And I think it's, I imagine there's a wide variety of, of really wise counsel from all the guests that you have. Uh, I'll sort of take this from my own personal journey, which was to dive into people that that are mature in their faith and ask them th that are also aligned with what you're trying to accomplish and, and pick their brains and be relentless to them and look for, look for wisdom and what they have to teach you. Um, like I said, I did that with my, with my, the, 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 the class that I took, uh, it's called act one. Um, and they just had, they're just full of, of wisdom to filmmakers here in, in Hollywood and, and abroad. Um, but my other, my other wise counsel would be to just not give up. Uh, the giving up is, is what I think sort of, uh, it's the easy, convenient way out, but ultimately it doesn't, it doesn't produce fruit. It, it might produce fruit in other areas, but if it's something that you want to, to continue on doing, um, 
even if it's not your full-time job where you're making money off of it, don't give it up. It's, it's God gifted you those, those gifts and continue uh, serving those gifts um, for his glory. So that would be my wise counsel. Good word. Well, uh, yeah. Brian Anderson, director of East of Middle West. I encourage everyone to visit the website, eastofmiddlewest.com. Uh, also uh, follow his IMDB page. Uh, the link is in the show notes so that uh, you can check out uh, more about uh, East of Middle West as well as upcoming projects. And also uh, be sure to check out lore.tv, as we uh, mentioned. Uh, really excited about what they're going to do and what they are doing with uh, challenging the uh, narrative that all Christian films fit into one specific genre or one specific mindset. And I think that uh, East of Middle West, as well as what Laura is doing, is going to help change that narrative and and help us reach more people with uh, Christian cre- you know, creative art. So, uh, uh, Brian, I appreciate you and what you're doing, and uh, the best of luck and uh, and God's God's blessings in the future. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Dave. Absolutely, and we will see you next Monday right here on Gifts of Glory. Have a uh, great rest of your week. <laughs>